0: Let me do something that makes me happy, but also I like to make get my consumers and my buyers and my sellers excited too. It's like a high you feel
1: after you help someone. Right, exactly. It's like that self accomplishment of I was able to help someone, a family, uh, anyone. You know, even my investors. You know, they have a long term goal, and I can help them achieve that.
2: Thank you for joining Realtor Nick Acosta for his podcast called Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Nick has an extensive history in finances, so you won't want to miss out on learning about buying from him. He wants to make sure you get the right deal so you don't face problems later. Enjoy the episode.
0: Hello, everybody. Um, again, this is Nick Acosta, Realtor and host of the podcast Home to All, coming to you today from Maitland, Florida. You can reach me, as always, at 727 220 8992 uh, by text or voice, as well as on Facebook at, at Rockstar Agent80, Instagram, Orlando Celeb Realtor. Um, today's show is brought to you by All Victim Foundation for Victims of Violent Crimes, started here in Orlando, Florida. You can reach them on Facebook at victimrecovery 75 uh, Today we'll be talking about the importance of filing your homestead exemption and the benefits of it in Florida and what needs to be filed. Uh, for that, I have brought on a colleague and awesome guest, who is both an both an expert um, in the Orlando area, uh, here in studio with me today, uh, Ryan Lethier with EXP Realty from the Greater Orlando, Florida area. Welcome, Ryan, to Home to All. How are you doing today on this Monday?
1: Hi, Nick. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me
0: on the show. Oh, uh, thank you, Ryan. Uh, no worries. You're welcome. So I wanted to say first, thank you for joining me today in studio and taking time out of your busy schedule. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about homestead exemptions in Florida and the importance of them. And also, if you want to give us a little bit of background about yourself and what you do here in the Orlando area as a realtor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I moved to Orlando probably around 2010, 11 um, from Cocoa Beach, not too far from here. And I went to UCF for finance and real estate. So I have a major or a bachelor's degree in both. I then, um, got into real estate about six years ago. So I've been doing real estate since then. I've seen a lot change over the past six years and it's quite a fun ride.
0: Awesome. That's yeah. And I, I got to meet you, was it a, probably a few weeks ago from George Philbeck over there at, um, Pam real estate and the exp brokerage over there. Um, yeah. So, Talk to me about Homestead Exemption, what your experience has been with your clients, and then we can get into a dialogue about that and exactly when the deadline is due as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, from my experience, obviously, Homestead is a great option for a homeowner. I mean, you you get a break. Anyone likes a little reduction on their taxes. Right, exactly. Um, A lot of people, it's important to make sure at the end of the year, I actually just had a closing on – it was uh, right before the new year, okay. um, and it was imperative that we closed on that day because you have to close before the new year to file for the homestead exemption for the next year. So you can't file, you can't purchase the home January
0: first and file in, you know, later that in a couple months. Exactly. Yep. Um, so let's see. Let's talk about this. Uh, so we know the homestead exemption. I know that the Orange County, which I'm working on. If you're out there listening. Uh, we have our Orlando, the Orange County property appraiser Rick Singh. I'd like to have him on our show one day. I know he's hard. It's probably also because it's the busy time of year with all these yeah. homestead going on. So I completely understand that he and he's a busy guy. He's, uh, I'd like to have him on sometime to talk to us, and maybe we can have you back on the show with him as well. Absolutely. To talk about it, um, to get his perspective. Uh, as you know, like Ryan was saying, that uh, you have to have purchased a house prior to January first of twenty twenty, uh, and the deadline though to file though. Uh, is March 2nd, 2020, isn't that correct? For, yes. Okay. Um, so, and nowadays, of course, with technology, um, I actually purchased my condo uh, with my spouse last year in September of 2019, and I did file that as well, and I def- and I did it online. It was actually a really easy process. Um, it is, yes. They just asked me some questions, and then I had to give them proof of my residency, um, I was in Pinellas County prior to being in Orange County. I had a house there that I had homesteaded for, it was 11 years that I lived there, so it was homesteaded. I had bought that property before the beginning of the first year that I, um, of the next year, before uh, what do you call it? Before the deadline or to, f- to be able to get the homestead exemption was. Yes, before January 1st. Before January 1st. It was actually in July of 2008 when I bought that house, and I had filed right away. Um, from my personal experience, and I'm sure you as well, it's, a massive difference in cost. Uh, for instance, um, I did file for the homestead exemption for my property, but then, uh, how does it work though? Too, if you like, if you file it for the 2020, if you purchase the house like I purchased the condo in 2019, do you still have to pay the taxes, the full taxes? Like, for instance, I think my condo was not homesteaded when I purchased it, so I paid a higher rate. Because the person that had owned it actually was. Oh yes, um, she was an investor from California.
1: They base it off of the previous tax owner. Correct. From my experience. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, that makes sense. Then. And they, that's
1: uh, when you're looking at homes. That's also a big factor for some people because that affects their budget. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So there could be something a difference. For just an example, um, and, you know, I think my taxes in Pinellas with Homestead was like around twenty two hundred dollars for the year, um, and like I said, when I purchased this condo. That uh, the owner, previous owner, uh, didn't have it homesteaded. It was around forty four hundred
1: dollars for okay. the for the taxes. Yeah, and then that would reflect the next year, and then you would file your homestead.
0: Okay, so yeah, so that that's like we were saying that that is a good point because I know mm-hmm. even when I have buyers that I have meet at open houses or when I do my lead generation, of course the very big thing that they always ask me about is what is the taxes. Yep. for the previous owner.
1: Yeah. Cuz when you talk to your lender, they're going to pull that whenever they pull your numbers and your approval.
0: Right. So they're going to base outrageous. it off of that previous owner. So if it's something outrageous like $6,000, then that's going to be factored into your your purchase. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's that's really awesome that to get that explanation for our listeners here. Um so yeah, so I know like we said March 2nd, 2020 is the deadline. Um and Let's see, what else is, like, let's go over some other examples. Um, Now, when you homestead in Florida, isn't it where you have to basically, it has to be your primary residence in Florida, Um, not an investment property. You have to physically live in the property. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was also when I was doing research, more research in addition from what I already know from Homestead, that I noticed there was some article I read, I think it was through Florida Realtors or one of those Florida sites about Homestead exemptions where some people try to do homestead exemption in multiple states, and then I read also something how eventually, if they do their research, the, the county does a research, that they can go and flag that and find out, hey, why are you getting a benefit from multiple states right. when you have a homestead exemption in Florida?
1: Yeah, which to me would probably be on the lines of fraud.
0: Right. Yeah. I No, I completely agree with that, but that was like an eye-opener when I saw it yesterday, realizing... Like how many people are really out there, and it's probably a lot of people. I don't have the statistics, yeah. but I think. Well, we're in real estate. We're held to. We're realtors. We're held to a higher standard of ethics and morals, and what the Florida Real Estate Commission requires us to do, yep. to do our part, to do be law-abiding citizens, and also, we're, I guess, what you want to call we're, we're leaders into teaching our consumers about abiding by the laws and the rules of the game here. Yes. Real estate that it's not in our favor. We should never, and I never would. I know you wouldn't either, or anybody that I know would. We should never, ever say, oh, well, if you live in such and such state and you have a homestead, well, you can come live to Florida and just pretend that this is your primary residence as well and benefit from that tax exemption.
1: And I think for some, it might be lack of knowledge. Let's say you are a snowbird and you live in New York. As you know, there's a lot of people moving here from New York. exactly. And they think, well, this is my primary residence. It's my other home. Right.
0: But it's not. Yeah, that's that point that you bring up is, you know, for the most part, it probably is going to be Maybe an honest mistake. Yeah, when they don't realize it because every state has its own set of rules. Correct. So maybe if like you're in, uh, you know New York or something, you would assume okay, well I'm in Florida now, so New York's not gonna figure that out. Right. But when it comes down to it, you know, eventually, if you know, either you're gonna get a warning, say, hey, by the way, you need this done. We, you need to take this off as being a, uh, your um, homesteaded property because. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never ran into that situation with anybody, but that was a very interesting thing when I was doing additional research on it to brush up on the topic. Yeah. I ran into that story and I'm like, wow, that just kind of opened my eyes. And so what I'm going to do now is not necessarily, you know, go overboard with it with clients, but if anybody were to come up uh, with a question and say, well, hey, I live in this state and I have a homestead of property, can I do it here in Florida? And I'm going to be like, no, no, not in Florida because it's still... <laughs> You have to, have, it's your primary residence and basically in the United States, not just in Florida or in New York or whatever it is. So. Right, exactly. So I, I think that's um, a very interesting that, like, wow, I didn't even think of that, that all these different ways people try to get creative to save money, I guess. They but, do, and it
1: always comes back to them.
0: Exactly, and, and you may have heard before in my uh, podcast or I may have told you personally, like I did insurance for 20 some years as an insurance adjuster, um, It was more on the personal injury side, but still we went through extensive training on, you know, what the laws were, the rules are, you know, the statutes for Florida Um, that applies in real estate as well. But um, about how many times that we would have to look out for like fraudulent activity. Um, Even when I did file my homestead exemption here in Orlando with Orange County, um, I remember reading all these disclaimers and I think there was like a – it had basically said in the disclaimer that – you know in its own way said i don't have the exact verbiage in front of me but it was like saying like if you intend to lie to us is basically what i'm saying or tend to commit fraud about yeah. this homestead exemption um it basically sounded like in their own way saying we're going to track you down and penalize you for it yeah is what, what it was the difference exactly uh because it was that's one of the big disclaimers on the orange county property appraisers site and, I mean, I've always been aware of making sure, of course, we follow the you know the laws. Of, that's what we do, we're, right. s- we're required to, especially since we're realtors. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think I noticed that more, because, like I said, it, it was 11 years ago when I had purchased my other house. And 11 years later, I sold my house. So that was just the, probably the one thing that, that was actually when I filed my homestead exemption in Pinellas 11, 12 years ago. I think at that time, um, Pinellas County still did not have a way to do it Um online yet oh really I think I remember going to the actual tax collector office with like a carbon copy paper. Uh, <laughs> I think they were already migrating to online. But they were still operating the with the paper. Ages. Right. That's so exactly. the stone ages. Um, But I think it's just because the counties just take a little longer when they yeah. implement. But that was like in 2008. So, yeah, we had the internet and all that. But they probably were like 50-50. And I don't think they were – nowadays, you know, these uh, the counties push you to go online to do it. Yep. At that time, I think there was availability to do it online. But they weren't pushing the online avenue yet yeah they probably hadn't
1: perfected it at that point
0: exactly and i was still even though i grew up in an age in technology i mean when i was younger like a teenager yeah my parents we had a computer and all that but i still i don't know it was probably from my late father he was always a proponent of doing he kept paperwork for 40 some years (laughs) like everything, he went and got a receipt from, like, Circuit City, Best Buy, or whatever this place, any store, or, or anything, the tax he did, he had, like, when, like, unfortunately, he passed away two years ago, We had to go through and sort through the documents, and then have the documents destroyed because it was, like, 46 years worth of paperwork. Oh, my gosh. Because he didn't believe in, well, he was born in 1950, so he's, and he didn't believe or trust in, even until the day he passed away, he was still very cautious about using an ATM at a bank, because right. he f- was afraid that That, well, one thing about, like, you know, uh, what do you call those things, the skimmers or whatever? Oh, the skimmers, yeah. Um, Also, he didn't trust that if he made a deposit at the ATM that his money was going to actually get calculated correctly. Oh, I see, yeah. He wanted to have something physical. Right. He would rather go to the counter, wait in line, and give it to the actual teller and get a receipt. Yep. And that's how he was. So, I think in 2008, I was still – that was how I – I mean, I did more stuff online or did use the ATM all the time, but Mm – he was since he taught me the uh, about I guess kind of like put a little bit of fear in me about technology. That's probably why in two thousand eight I still did the paper form for the homestead, getting the carbon copy, and of course they mail you that thing every year. If your home is still homestead exempt, uh, you know if nothing changes, keep this on file. If it something changes, because they do send out notices if your status of your home changes, right? Like if, for instance, if it's your primary residence, and say maybe you get a job. Somewhere else in Florida. Right. Uh, Like, you live in Tampa Bay, and you get a job in Orlando, and you relocate to Orlando, and— Exactly. Well, I ended up selling the house, so nobody can come after me for trying to collect two, <laughs> two homes. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, oh, I, I know. moving. <laughs> oh, no, I know exactly. I was trying to make a joke there. So, <laughs> just for the record, <laughs> in case you're listening, Rick Singh, yeah, out there they, or anybody. Uh, Uncle Sam's out there. Uncle Sam's <laughs> listening. There, yes, exactly. Um, no, but seriously, on a serious note, though, getting back to it, though, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, when you go, like, if you're moving to Orlando, and you buy a house or a condo in Orlando, and that's your primary residence. Then my house in Tampa Bay is no longer my primary residence. Mm-hmm. So legally, I'm supposed to report that to the county and let them know this is no longer. This is now considered an investment property if I kept it to rent it out or whatever. Correct. Um, so it would not let, be able to, to claim Homestead on both properties. And I'm just going to circle back Oh, yeah, that fun. Um, Back
1: to what you were saying about, you know, us or the customer just simply not knowing. Right. It goes back to the importance of using an agent, you know, to represent you. Exactly. Because I, you know, every year you send out the information, I'm sure you do as well, right. to your customers who you had just sold to the previous year, hey here's the homestead information this is what you need to do to save you in many cases thousands of dollars every single year so um, yeah it just circles back to the importance of utilizing your agent you know they're there they're the experts they're they want to help you um so utilize it it's there
2: the home to all podcast is sponsored by all victim foundation a charity for victims of violent crime, started here in orlando for more information about All Victim Foundation, please contact Nick on Facebook at facebook.com slash rockstaragent80.
0: Oh, no, I completely agree with that. That's, we uh, probably heard in other podcasts. We're advisors to our clients. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of, you know, publicity out there about, you know, they say, oh, if you hire an agent, um, that oh okay well I'm gonna have to pay them six percent or whatever mm-hmm. the the agreed r- rate is for commission right. between the seller and the listing agent or things like that. Um, yeah, you 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 got yeah. Remember that you get what you pay for. Exactly. So if you're looking for a discounted like uh, listing commission. Well, you're gonna basically get a discounted service, and I'm not trying to knock any other any companies out there, but you have to remember this is a big transaction, and you want to make sure that there's so much involved, and that's so many little exactly, so many, and that's part of the reason that I started this podcast to educate consumers out there because you know there are things that come up, like even though I'm in real estate and I've gone through experiences with many transactions in the almost two years I've been doing this, even when I had my own transaction, there were things that came up. Because every transaction, you're going to run into things Yep. that that may not have come up in a transaction before. Oh,
1: they're all different. Yeah,
0: every scenario is different. I, yeah.
1: I I would consider myself a very seasoned agent and to this day sometimes I still learn new things.
0: Exactly. It's a learning it's a constant learning process for us out there. Of course, laws also change, uh, yeah. rules change and change all the time. Legal, you know, legal things happen like uh, for instance maybe there's a, something that happened to somebody else and they put in a new law in a place or a rule in place. Or if somebody out there is abusing the system and they have to fix it because somebody just went too far with it, and then we have to be constantly educated and updated on the process. Um, Lending changes every five minutes. (laughs) Oh, gosh, yes. The economy changes all the time. We all know that. Um, Things like that happen. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's important. Um, And there's, to me, from experience, like uh, with my – and I'm sure you've experienced this too, like in my almost two years, there are just so many – Buyers out there that don't know about the homestead exemption, especially we now, you probably saw stuff on Facebook. I'm, I'm sure you do. We follow some of the same people, but yeah. um how Florida is becoming yeah. now the hotspot, like the oh, number yes. top destination to move over Texas and yeah. things like that.
1: I think Orlando Weekly posted an article about that. Yeah, or someone posted an article.
0: Yeah, it was like a like a. I think it was a major news network also made a post as well, or had a story oh, okay, out there as yeah. well. Like one ABC News or something like that was talking about it.
1: Yeah, we were the number one state
0: no, move to. We just I think bumped Texas this out of the awesome. number one spot. I mean, who doesn't want to live in? I mean, Orlando? come on, we got.
1: <laughs> or Florida, and we got those.
0: theme parks in the center of the state. We got the yeah. beaches on both coasts. Uh, we have the Everglades here. Miami has your city life, exactly. Well, even Orlando and, and Orlando. Tampa Bay has a city life now. Yeah. Um, those t- towns like Orlando, Tampa, St. Pete. I, re- I was born and raised in St. Pete, Tampa area, and I like. Uh, you may have I may have told you before that I, in ninety nine I used to come visit uh, Maitland all the time, mm-hmm. and that was Maitland before what Maitland is today. Um, I4 was definitely here, but I4 just kind of like it felt like it abruptly ended at Maitland back then. I mean, yeah. it was just because the,
1: it wasn't the monstrosity Exactly.
0: Well the roads that went through like Seminole County, like Altamont and all that and Longwood and all that or Winter Springs exits they were it was there, but it was not as wide of a road right. It was like maybe two lanes each direction. And I've been born in Florida my whole life and I4 from Plant City to Disney World, has been under construction. I don't know. Well, they have a little bit of construction, I think. Again, but that basically has been under construction since I was a kid. Yeah,
1: it's been constantly growing.
0: Yeah. Uh, my personal opinion is like they should just stick a. Um, Our
1: city has grown just. Oh yeah. Just every year, it's it's amazing to watch it. You you don't think that it'll grow that much, but it just exactly every single year.
0: Yeah, I mean, Florida in general, we we were kind of like slow for a <laughs> while, and then all of a sudden, just boom. All this happened, um, you know. St. Pete, where I came from, was a really small. Used to be considered like a suburb of Tampa when my dad yeah. was in a resident at the hospital there. And it went from that to now they have high-rises like in Orlando here. It's just growing so much. The whole Central Florida we just got so popular, which is awesome because who wouldn't want to be here?
1: Well, I was just driving through D.C. and I see all these buildings built in the 17, 1800s. Right, exactly. In this huge metro area. We don't have that. We're living in that time now right. where we're building that right. in this part of the country.
0: Like 100 years, 200 years from now. If it's we're still – these buildings will be like when you go to visit D.C. today when you yeah, see the history. The historic – yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, Florida – I mean, we're we're behind, obviously, but we're catching up. Yep. We have air conditioning a
1: now, so you can come here. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: it's not like the old days when there was an air conditioner. And then just – I know it's a, just a, like for a free dialogue here about talking about this that I just posted something. I, I lived the view at Lake Yola and um, – we're just posting something. I, I read a story. We got the history museum downtown, which Lee and I are going to go check out. Yes. Um, which is going to be—I'm really excited because I like that kind of history about an area. Same. Um, just uh, what is it? West of Orange Avenue, there used to be orange groves right there, yeah. where all those buildings are, and a lot of people don't know that. And then also, Lake Yola was created from a sinkhole yeah. a long time ago. It's just a big old sinkhole. Exactly. It was just, and it's a massive lake, and nobody. Uh, there's a lot of people that didn't know that. They just thought it's been a lake that's been there forever. Right. And nobody can envision Orange Avenue without I 4, a massive I 4 corridor oh, on it. Okay. When that was, and then you just go down, what is it, Robinson, and you get right to Orange Blossom Trail, that all used to be farm area, yeah, you know, back would be in the day. easy to see now. Could <laughs> <Did> you imagine? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. And then we had, oh, and everybody, you can't beat our weather here. It's like what today is supposed to be about close to 90 degrees. Yeah, and we're okay. in January. It's beautiful. And it's think, moving. exactly. And then think about it like back when the, orange crop and the orange groves died they had some like freak type of freeze, oh, the freeze. that yeah. killed it all and just to imagine florida used to be like that back in those days maybe the 1920s 30s 40s that yeah. it was a lot colder in the winter times it's just hard to imagine i mean yeah when i was growing up in florida we did experience some colder winters Also, uh, you know global changes and stuff yeah. but yeah, yeah. Of course that, but it's just hard to believe that that whole entire side of downtown used to be nothing but orange groves. I know. I love looking at the Facebook groups for the history. Exactly. You know, the, yeah, the old pictures. Um, it's just it's so fun to watch. And that's why everybody, you know, with the theme parks nearby, uh, like my spouse and I, we have passes to Universal, and we just go sometimes, maybe two rides every couple yeah. days, just to walk around City Walk, and that's it um and then just go right back to downtown to live and work. I I
1: honestly I after visiting cities I find a lot of cities that I love but no one has still beat my own. Right. You, know, you lifestyle versus cost of living here is right. is unparalleled. Exactly. I mean, you can have downtown, you can have theme parks. There's not really many other cities where you can go to Walt Disney World and then, you know, go have brunch in the middle of downtown and see skyscrapers.
0: Exactly. You can do it's like um what do you call that? We're It's uh, maybe multifaceted. Um, I don't think that's the word. Like, we're uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It's where you, you know, where you basically have. Well, you have the best of everything. Yeah, it's very diverse. Diverse. That's what I was looking for. A diverse here. You can go anywhere. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love New York City. Uh, We love visiting there all the time. It's like to me, it's my second home. Uh, But um, I've been there several times, and I love there. You know, like I've told my my spouse, Lee. I said. I wouldn't mind one day maybe having a, 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 an apartment, but it probably would be somewhere – like or a house, but it would probably be somewhere like in, I don't know, upstate New York. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, where you could still get to the city within an hour, two hours or something like yeah. that, where you could still be living in a normal – like in a regular suburb mm-hmm. in New York um, that where you don't have to deal with all the hustle and bustle or in the tourist area right there where it's all just so congested. yeah. yeah. And like that, like we are talking about how here in Orlando, you can go to the theme parks, we can go to Daytona, or we can go to the beaches on the beaches, West Coast. Yeah. We have, we're in the middle of, from two great, you know, sides of beaches, one it's of the Gulf or the a of fun. Exactly. <laughs> or you get on the turnpike and you can get to Miami. Yeah. Um, or you can go to the Space Coast and things like that. Or even go up to like, uh, for instance, St. Augustine or Jacksonville or wherever. Watch
1: a rocket launch from your backyard.
0: Exactly. Um, so that's, that's the cool thing about living here and that's why you want to, you know, buy a house here that's your primary residence. You know, everyone's moving here. Yeah, um, Get on the – We should. everybody should get on the bandwagon because it's great. I was born and raised in Florida. I'm like, yeah, I've always talked about wanting to live maybe in the northeast. But at the same time, it would be a great place to maybe visit for if the maximum maybe four months. Yeah. And I probably would want to leave as soon as – the First sign of winter, yeah. Everything's or, dead, it's depressing, yeah. Cold. Gray and everything, not only that, or even maybe the sometimes in the fall up there now, it gets the temperatures get below normal yeah. at this you know, even earlier and earlier, they're getting that cold weather. And like, why would you want to do that? Where you can go, you know, what is it you talk about theme parks? Um, maybe like in Ohio, what is that? Uh, uh one of those flags. six flags or something like that, yes. Um, what do they? Those places close during yeah. the winter because who's gonna go out there in the freezing cold or in the snow? Yeah, one or of, blizzards. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you. I think Busch Gardens they have one in Virginia too, and they. Probably, I'm sure they have to close as well. Um, because or if they had a water park up there because we nobody's have in, fun year round. Yeah, there's 365 days of fun in Florida. Uh, you get your homestead exemption on your primary property here, and then you can you know get the benefits of that. To, you know, Correct. the yeah. way you can you know, budget your life where your your taxes don't go through the roof yep. in a short period of time just because you didn't get it homesteaded. Um, I was going to talk about that real quick too is just like, so I was doing some more research as well like um, on the homestead. Like what, in your experience, like tell me, um, I know we both have been educated in this before like we're talking about residence requirement like only f- so you have to be a florida resident obviously correct yes to have the homestead exemption yes because
1: it would have to be your primary
0: residence correct so you'll be homesteaded um so that's and that's what we we're talking about earlier that's where the confusing thing gets where people that live in new york or somewhere else that have a primary residence there and a primary resident in florida right but you have to – you know, the state said you have to have one primary residence to benefit from Homestead, not claim on multiple states. Right, exactly. Because yeah, then, then –
1: People would just buy houses in each
0: state and it wouldn't – Exactly. And then they'd be taking money from the, the government. Right, exactly. And the, the government, government would be like, uh-uh, nope. And otherwise, a primary resident could have had
1: there and they could have more tax dollars. <laughs>
0: exactly. So you're taking away from other people's benefit by trying to, like, if trying to abuse the system, if you would, in, the, in right, a way. Yeah, of course, breaking the law too. Let's not get that right wrong. <laughs> You're breaking the law there. Um, what about I see into an, the additional research I did um, just to brush up on it was about acreage limitation. What is? Do you know from your experience, like what is the most amount of land that you can have before uh, in order to qualify for the homestead exemption?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I have not run into that one yet. I'm. I would imagine it would eventually have a cap before they would consider it like farmland or something of that nature.
0: Well, I mean, I guess that would make sense too, because if you're gonna use, what is it? I guess if you do, because then it would be a business. Exactly, because you're buying. That's a good point, because if you go and you buy, like a, let's say, three acres, right, and you have maybe a couple cows or on the farm or something like that on the acres, then you're crossing land. Then you're really going to be stealing from primary households, uh, in terms of their their tax exemption for homestead, because now you're running a business. Right, exactly. So that's not fair if you're gonna have like four acre, three four acres of land, and then you're gonna claim that as your primary residence. Right.
1: I I want to say that you would be able to go up to that much acreage. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I'd have to double check. Yeah, but we'll
0: have to look into that too. Because yeah, I think
1: though if you're, let's say you have a hundred acre farm, I mean that's
0: not really well, yeah, have that much to live. Exactly. You're yeah. not. Gonna, you only need like. Maybe less than a quarter of an acre to have a house. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what are you running? You'd be running a commune or something if you put <laughs> fifty houses on hundred acres right. or something. That's not no longer your primary residence. Now you're you're renting out like individual houses yeah, it on the property. Something different. Exactly. Right. And that wouldn't be fair either. So yeah, yeah that's. And I'm not 100 percent
1: sure on that specific part of the topic.
0: But yeah, no, me neither. And you know, mm-hmm. we'll we'll like next time we'll update that because. But it, it's it's a good thing to talk about because. Um. What do you call it? The yeah. I'll see if I have that information. One second. Let me. I don't know if it has. I don't think I do. But yeah. But it's it's all good because basically we're just saying that uh, what we're saying in this episode is that and we're just saying that that's what you need a real realtor for. We do the research for you, and that would be something yeah. that we could. You actually, if you just go to the uh, Orange County Property Appraiser site. Um, I'm sure they've got uh, PDF documents on there to talk. They know they've got rules out there, what your limitations are. So you check that out, the Orange County Property Appraiser site, yep. uh, Rick Singh. Um, when it
1: comes to, a, like, let's say a small question like that. that yes. You wouldn't know, I wouldn't know, consumer wouldn't know. Exactly. But we have the connections to find out that answer. Probably I could find it in five minutes probably. Exactly.
0: Yeah, we could definitely find that call quickly for you. my
1: attorneys or someone who can exactly, explain yeah. something like that. And then I am able to pass it along. And then now I know they know. exactly you know every day or every transaction something comes up differently and we all learn from it
0: exactly it's it's a that's what i I like about this industry and like i said i did insurance adjusting for 20 years before we got into real estate and i mean I, i great i'm very appreciative for that career um where i came from and i went to college for mass communication journalism um obviously, you know, I guess I'm using my journalism skills from for my podcast, obviously, and then stuff which I'm not in a news organization, which is fine, but like I said in past episodes before that you know, and I'm sure you feel the same way too, Ryan, that uh, basically, um I felt like I was doing a disservice to my community by working behind a desk in a cubicle all day where I could be out being a realtor to be a person of service to. You know, we're here to, to educate our clients, consumers, mm-hmm. um, and we're realtors. So we, we belong to the board of realtors, and we want to, you know, we want to basically guide our uh, clients into the right direction, you know, financially as well as making the right decisions because this purchase of real estate is a very big impact, and that's how, like, Homestead Exemptions plays into it. Um, educating your consumer about the homestead because this saves them thousands of dollars. I knew somebody once, uh, like a relative of mine, that didn't, they live in Pinellas County, they did not file their tax exemption or the homestead exemption, and their taxes went from 2000 to 4000 to 6000 to 7000 just like that within a matter of a few years. Uh, because they did not file it. And this was well before I got into real estate. So at the time, I wasn't really... You didn't know anything. Didn't know better. I mean, I knew what Homestead Exemption was. All, all I knew was from my father saying, right. if you don't file Homestead Exemption, your taxes are going to go up. Yeah. And that was, But that was the limit of my knowledge of that particular thing. Correct. So with that said, yeah. So, But once I got into real estate and I started working with clients and you know educating myself and getting training and all this stuff, I'm like, whoa. Now I'm seeing from the other perspective that I don't want my clients that, and I'm sure like you too. They, um, they become our friends. They become family to us. Oh, um, absolutely, long term relationship with these people, and I'm not going to steer anybody or put anybody in the wrong direction when it comes to that. Like, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you about homestead exemption. Right, and yeah, your taxes go up through the roof. You know, yeah. Hiring an agent, not only do you save
1: thousands on the negotiating parts. Exactly. this All the time. I mean, practice makes perfect. You know, um, but it's a continued like you said they become our friends they become we want to take care of them exactly I'm looking out for them you know some of them their families become my family like i watch their kids grow i watch their families expand you know there's it's great to watch but also at the same time it's the largest transaction you can have you know the cornerstone of many people's lifestyle is their home right exactly and if you can make that better then you're making the world a better place
0: no i completely agree with that because yeah it's 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 This is where they're going to, like you said, they raise their kids. Um, They have their family. They want to also be in the right house because they want to be close to the right schools for their kids. Uh, So it's very important. It's, you know, their foundation of their life. and, And then most people, not always, but sometimes these houses get... Um, passed on to the next generation of the children that are growing up when they become adults right. and the parents want to maybe downsize or go to live in a condo or something because they're just tired of doing yard work over time. Right. Um, I mean, that's part the of... Stages a, of life. Stages yeah. of life, exactly. I mean, I'm still pretty young, but I lived in a house for 11 years. I mean, I love planting the, the trees that I put in the yard and doing your housework and all that stuff and yard work. But after 11 years, I was just... My stage in my life was, okay, I wanted to have a more relaxed lifestyle. wouldn't have to worry about all that stuff. So that's why I personally converted, and I never thought I would go into a condo. I mean, if I ever buy a second property again, it's going to be a house with land. Um, but I would still, you know, basically where I would make the house with land, my primary residence for homestead purposes. And then my condo, like you said, for example, would no longer be a primary residence. Right. So that would be an investment property. Obviously, you know, that I'm not a tax person, I'm not a CPA, so I'm not saying that I am. But of course, that also affects your... Um, you know your the money with the IRS too because if it's when you go to sell that investment property is a different tax thing than when you have a primary residence. Correct, Yes. Um. So that's that's another topic for another day, but that's also part of this. silk ties into the whole homestead yeah, thing about absolutely. knowing which property of yours is primary.
1: Well, yeah, because the homestead would still exactly. that because. Exactly. You have to be homesteaded to get that tax break. When exactly. Travel. I recall, and I'm not uh, a tax person or anything. Oh, me neither. I agree. I yeah. Call up to five hundred thousand. You're you take home every penny of it. You don't have to pay taxes.
0: Right, and then after that, then that's when they yeah. come after it's you for a more. Huge
1: savings. Heck yeah! Imagine someone coming after you know a percentage of five hundred thousand dollars. It's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, even if it's like a small percentage, that adds up quickly. Yeah. Um, it just like then uh, plus that's money that you you have to take out of your savings or out of your life to yeah to give up to the government and, and well it's just you have to, that's why you have to it's yes and I'll reiterate this too but like this is why it's important everybody um, to have somebody like Ryan or myself to represent you whether you're selling or you're buying or investing um, we're not here just to go after the commission yeah obviously we have a business to run we have a life livelihood. You know, we have to eat, we have to live just like everybody else. But our primary thing in life, and I know his is too, and I can speak for him on this, is that our primary thing is to protect you, the consumer. We're your your advisors. We're, sometimes I make a joke and say we're well, also your therapist. But it's okay. I don't it's mind okay. it. It's all part of the process. It makes it exciting because, it trust me, when I worked in a corporate environment for 20 years, I was bored as heck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, yeah, I, I learned things, I learned corporate models, I learned corporate training, you know, customer service, that's where, you know, that's the advantage I got from customer service learning, which taught me how to be even better, like you are as well with clients. Um, so they, they, I give thanks to that. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, in terms of being challenged, the challenge went away, you know, probably in the 10th year, but I stuck it out for 10 more years and then I'm like, okay, well, let me do something that makes me happy but also i like to make get my consumers or my buyers and my sellers excited too and it's always it's constantly um it's like a high you feel after
1: you help someone right exactly it's like it it, it, i can't explain it and you probably know obviously you know the same feeling right it's like that self-accomplishment of i was able to help someone a family uh, anyone, you know, even my investors, you know, they have a long-term goal and I can help them achieve that.
0: Exactly. And I like when I do open houses, you saw the the pictures from the open house I did for you this past weekend. And I'm sure you do the same thing yeah. from, um, I get the geek out and buy uh, science fair boards and put up these <laughs> the infographics in my open houses and everybody's yeah. like looking, they're like, what's going on here? Actually, one of the the mothers that came into that open house, actually in Avalon, uh-huh. she's like, Oh, you just made me like, not – she wasn't upset, but she's like, oh, my God, you just f- made me f- remember about my – because I guess she had to just do projects, science fair projects with her kids. Oh, she – Like, the day before, <laughs> like, Friday. And she's like, how dare you remind me of what I just had to go through <laughs> with my kids. But she said it in a joking, fun way. Yeah, yeah. But it, was, but it got her attention, obviously. She's like – so th- those – that's how I, I – I like to get people excited when they see all these – you know, bright and... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Graphics. Well, r- the right <laughs> thing about
1: open houses, you get to meet new people. Exactly. And you get to build relationships. That's every part. That's the, the epitome of our careers, building new relationships.
0: Exactly. So, all right, guys. Well, with that, um, Ryan, uh, I really appreciate this for you coming on today. Absolutely. Um, down the road, we'll, we'll have you on again here on the show, which would be awesome. And we're going to both work... Maybe together we can work on... Um, getting a hold of uh, Mr. Rick Singh, oh, our yes. property appraiser. Definitely. Um, whether, maybe it's him or maybe somebody that works closely to him, representative of him, because I know he's got a busy schedule. Right. Uh, Orange County, as you guys, we just talked about, is growing significantly. The state of Florida is growing significantly. Yep. So I can understand why our government workers, employees, or elected officials are really brought to the max right now, which yeah. is understandable. Um, so, yeah. So with that, I'm going to say thank you, uh, Ryan. Latier. Yes, thanks for having me. And uh, I didn't butcher that this time. Thank goodness. Uh, EXP Realtor in the greater Orlando, Florida area. Uh, Thanks again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today. Uh, Everybody, next time, join me for episode seven, where I'll sit down with my husband and founder of All Victims Foundation, Lee Acosta, uh, where he'll talk about his foundation and how it came to fruition. Um, Actually, we're going to go to Tampa tomorrow to actually meet with a friend of mine, uh, his name is Justin. He's a nurse over there at Tampa General Hospital. He's going to go ahead and get us set up with the whole bringing our two lovely dogs, Rosie and Stu, Bichon and American Bulldog, in to go see terminally ill patients. Uh, he said he actually has got 11 patients at the hospital right now that are in need of some kind of compassion because they're just by themselves right now, and they're really ill. Um, but we're going to go try to cheer them up with that. And also I'll be out there in the Tampa St. Pete area. Everybody that listens in Tampa St. Pete. Yes, that's my. Obviously, Orlando is my hometown now, but I was born in T- St. Pete. Uh, I will be in Tampa tomorrow, St. Pete area, checking out my listing with some clients. Um, so I will be making a reappearance there for the first time in four months. Um, I just needed a little bit of a time of a break just because, you know, I had a house for 11 years. That's where I grew up. That's where my father passed away and where I had my life. And so I had to kind of, like, separate myself for a little while, but I feel like I'm comfortable now tomorrow going back there, and we're going back with a purpose to help those in need. And eventually we're going to, you know, reach out to Orlando Health here to, to bring that same program or same support thing, network of the Victims Foundation to Orlando Regional as well, um, get involved in that, and probably also get involved, too, with, like, LGBT uh, as well. So, you know, we're a big supportive a proponent of that as well. Uh, we would like to help everybody, victims of all types, Um, because if you don't realize it, some people may not realize they could be a victim of something, you know, more than likely you probably have been a victim of something in the past and you just maybe didn't realize it or see that way. Um, so anyways, with that, um, I'll see you guys out in the Tampa area tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back episode seven in February. And actually that's going to be, um, the anniversary uh, of when my spouse had his own experience of victim of violent attack. Um, so, anyways, till next time, guys, from Maitland, Florida, uh, home to all. This is Nick Acosta. You can reach me at 727 220 8992 or at Rockstar Agent 80 on Instagram and Facebook, Orlando Celeb Realtor. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Victim Foundation, All Victim Foundation for Violent Crimes. Uh, Orlando, Florida is where it started. You can check them out at Victim Recovery 75. Again, Ryan Latier, EXP Realtor. Um, Thank you again, man, for coming on. I know you have a busy schedule, and I know you just came back from Washington, D.C. So I'm grateful that you came in. I did see your post. I think it was like 1022 where you had the little – it was a photo of you with a circle. <laughs> I saw that this morning. So he went from traveling last night to being here in the studio first thing in the morning in Maitland. Um, so I really appreciate that, and uh, have a good day, guys. And for now, uh, Nick Acosta out. Thanks.
2: We appreciate you listening to Realtor Nick Acosta's podcast, Home Tall, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. You can contact Nick at his cell phone number 727-220-8992 and find him on social media at facebook.com slash nickrealtor1980. Join us next time for more financial facts and real estate info.